Well, first, uh, Aretha and, and band, I want to thank you all just for the slowing down uh, a little bit. Because um, I always need to hear that on Sunday morning. Yeah, I uh, believe it or not, I mean, I, I like what I do. I mean, it's a real joy, not just a privilege, but a joy to, to uh, have the opportunity to attempt to communicate uh, um, the goodness of God and the, the truth of His Word and, and to, to read that. And so there are, there are times when I come, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get to it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Instead of saying, and it was sort of in that time, God was saying, uh, excuse me, this isn't about you. Uh, so uh, thank you um, for that. Um, and our desire um, that we've been I mean, focusing on as we've... Uh, um, these last six weeks, and this, this strong challenge is, is the desire to live strong in Christ. To face the temptations and the struggles that we face in this life and to face them with, with gusto, with, with strength, with, with honesty, with righteousness, uh, holiness, with love. Um, and... That battle never ends. That battle never gets easier. An example for us this week, if you in any way follow college football, we've seen that. We've seen that in, a, in, in Joe Paterno, my, my, uh, Kathy's family, a number of them, went to Penn State and uh, um, or really... Uh, um, energetic uh, uh, alums of Penn State, and yet Joe Paterno and all the great stuff that he'd done, probably, I mean, the thousands of people that he's impacted positively and the, the way that he has not just been a football coach, but saw the, the full growth of that uh, educational institution. And yet, um, through a number of circumstances, this week, uh, you know, the winningest college football coach in history, you know, was forced out. He was fired because of some really horrific um, events that had happened under his watch. And, and I don't want to get into discussion now. I'm not really sure about getting in it later because that's about all I know. I don't know all the, the details, and it's well beyond probably what any of us really know because um, we just find out what's on the front page or the lead in the um, news or on the Internet. Of course, we all know it's on the Internet. It's always true. Um, but I share that. I mean, it just struck me to see such a man of character who's demonstrated that, that to recognize that the battle is always before us to be strong in Christ, that the enemy is relentless. The evil one and the, the work of evil in the world and even the evil within us, the sin within us, is relentless. Scripture says, you know, the evil one is like a, a lion crouched, ready to pounce at any time. And so we must then always be on alert, diligent, in, in training, diligent in, in Continuing to, to work out our soul so that the muscles of our spirit grow stronger. Because we want to live strong in our whole life. Not just the last six weeks. 
It's not just a nice little course for six weeks that then we finish. We, we want these habits to be our habits for the rest of our lives so that we grow stronger and stronger as the battle becomes more and more difficult. Regardless of who we are, we can't retire from this battle. Regardless of how long you've been a member of a church, regardless of your station in life, you can't ignore this battle. Well, you can, but it's not going to ignore you. And so we, as church, this is the very essence that we're about. We are here to help and strengthen and and help one another, encourage one another, challenge one another to grow stronger in Christ so that we face the battle together every day to bring glory and honor to our Lord and Creator. In our everyday life, in the midst of a battle that never stops. We want to live strong in Christ. That's why we meet. That's why we do these series or anything else that we do. Now, our our passage, I think, captures that in Colossians chapter 1. It's found on 957 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. And it highlights, again, our focus on growing strong in Christ, on maturing in Christ. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you as it speaks to us what is true and good and right. And and we ask now that your spirit would so lead us, would lead what we hear from you, what we encounter in you that would... It would encourage us, that would motivate us, strengthen us, give us the the wisdom to continue to grow strong in you in the midst of the battle. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. It is He, Jesus, whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toll and struggle with all the energy that He powerfully inspires me. I mean, that's the purpose of the church. That's that's why you're here and why I'm here and why we gather anytime, so that we are warned of the battle And so that we are taught and strengthened to to grow in the maturity of Christ, that we mature in Him. And we, we never accomplish that fully until we see Him face to face. I mean, we want to be strong so that when we face temptations to lie, to cheat, to steal, to cut a corner, that we're able to say no to those temptations. And in the midst of the battle, we're we're trained that that our our spirit in Christ is strong in Him so that we can say no. That we can say yes to to entering into terrible situations, hard situations, and caring for the weak and the broken and the lost. 
That when we're, we want to be strong so that we're in the boardroom and decisions are being made about the business at hand that we don't just look after our own interests, but we're even willing to stand up and put our interests aside for the good of the community. And there, there are some in here that God's going to call and put in positions of power. And you've got to be strong because power is a powerful corrupter. The more you have. It's almost exponential. Exponential. And some of you are going to be called to serve on boards, to, to, to be in, in political office, to be in positions of leadership. And man, you've got to be strong in Christ. We want to be strong when we're in the workroom, when the gossip machine is working its course. We want to be able to say, no, I'm not going to enter in. As a matter of fact, I'm going to speak truth in love. But you don't just decide to do that. It's not just something you say, I'm going to do the right thing. We're trained. Got to be strong in Christ to do that. We want to be strong in Christ so that when we're in the lunchroom and we see somebody, you know, the weird one in the corner all by themselves and everybody's making jokes about them, that we don't participate in the jokes and we get up and we walk over and sit with them. We want to be strong like Jesus, mature in Him. And that's what this journey is about. It is about strengthening us, being strengthened in His Spirit. Whether in the boardroom, the lunchroom, the workroom, in the neighborhood, wherever we might be. And and the best picture that I've found that that, that puts this, this strong challenge in its full context of, the, of our life in Christ, of, of individually and corporately, what, what that looks like, how it fits in the, the whole scheme is something I've shared with you before, at least a part of it. You're going to get the whole tamale today. It's called the cycle of grace. The story, how this um, came about, this cycle of grace, it was put together by Dr. Frank Lake, who's a, um, a physician, um, and um, Dr. Emil Bruner, who's a theologian, a Swiss theologian. And he was, they, they, this was in the 50s, and Dr. Lake was in a medical school in India. And he kept having missionaries come through the medical school before, because of what we would now call depression. Burnout, worn out, used up. And they'd been on the, the mission field, a hard mission field, on the, the front lines. And they came back exhausted and worn out, right? Chunk, some you know, chunking the faith. And so Dr. Lake was distraught by that. And, and Dr. Bruner had come through one time and they were talking and, and, and he shared them, this with them. And Dr. then they, they you know, did a really smart thing. For, especially for a theologian, but for anyone. He said, why don't we look and see Jesus' life? Why don't we read the Bible? See what it has to say. Because Jesus never seemed to be burned out. And he faced all kinds of opposition. He faced all kinds of temptation. But in the fullness of his humanity, he never seemed to just chunk it. What can we learn from him? And so as they engaged, specifically in the Gospel of John, but then further in the other Gospels, this cycle of grace 
was formed, was seen through the pages of the Scripture in Jesus' life. And uh, I'm so proud of myself for having a, um, a visual element that I made my, myself here. You know, there's even color in it, and it's a circle. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's about the extent of my uh, artistic uh, abilities. But I'm proud of it. So, But this represents that cycle of grace that we're on. It starts, what they found is it starts with acceptance. As you, as you looked at Jesus' birth, there was quite a party. I mean, angels were showing up. Singing was going on. I mean, the mother wrote a song. Uncle wrote a song. A priest wrote a song about the birth of this child. At his, at his baptism, the voice of the Father, this is my Son, my Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, and then 30 years of that, of Jesus' form. We really don't only have the one story in the Bible when he's about eight. But he was grounded in acceptance. He, he knew and lived out of the unbounded love of the Father. The infinite affection of the Father for him. It was clear. In the very, from the beginning of his life on, there was celebration of his beating heart, his breathing lungs, of the, the, hum, the fullness of his human life. That was the grounding of his life. And that, that same acceptance, that, that same unbounded love that we've been singing about is in everyone who is in him. For what the Father sees when He sees us, if we are clothed in Christ, He sees Christ. And we in Christ are His beloved. We in Christ are accepted beyond measure, are are loved unboundedly so by the, the wondrous love of our Creator. In Christ, that acceptance is ours. Period. That, that is the scandal of grace. That there's absolutely nothing you can do or not do to make God love you any less. And absolutely impossible for you to do anything to make Him love you any more. Because how do you add to infinity? That is the the basis that they found in in Jesus. the, The foundation of His life and the very foundation of our life in Him. Well, then, as they, as they looked at that, then the next thing that you see in Jesus then are practices. What sustained him in that love? The, the, the sustenance. What, what fed him so that he lived out of that love, that unconditional acceptance of the Father. And that's where the strong journey fits in. I mean, it's, it's right here. These are the practices that, that Jesus practiced. 
so that he was living out of the acceptance of the Father, that that was his sole motivation. It's uh, uh, last Sunday, we said, an audience of one. That The reason for these exercises and for these cards has nothing to do with making God love us anymore, impressing God with our spirituality. That has nothing to do with it. God's already impressed with you. I mean, he made you. There's no way to add to that. So the, these activities, these, these exercises, these spiritual disciplines are so as to ground us in the love of God. And we see that in Jesus. I mean, we see he, he played. He was at parties all the time. He was invited to people's houses, to, to their dinner parties. He rested. He, he rested in the, the habits and the, the festivals of, of his people, the, the religious habits of the day. He even saved a party once when it was going downhill by taking water and turning it to wine. I mean, he knew how to play. He knew how to rest. And that was a a regular habit of his that sustained him in the unbounded love of the Father. He prayed. It was a regular occurrence. As you, you read through his life, he was always being interrupted in prayer. Always gathering his disciples, say, let's, let's go pray. And, and at the most difficult, humanly speaking, time of his life, he said, we need to go pray. And he went into the garden and prayed to, to sustain him, to ground him again in that undying love of the Father. He played, he, he prayed, he studied. The one story that we do know of Jesus in his childhood was when he was at the temple hanging out with the, the teachers and the theologians, listening to them. He, he studied the Torah. He studied God's law. He knew it and taught it. Regularly was in the synagogue with the scriptures. Sustained him. He played, he, he, he prayed. He studied and he trained. You know, those, those acts of, of when he went alone to the mountaintop. He fasted. As, as he prepared for his ministry, he gathered for 40 days without eating and drinking in the wilderness. Alone, fasting. And he, he was training himself in, in order to be grounded in the sustenance of of God's acceptance. And he served. Regularly was, was giving himself to others. Re- regularly was, was looking for the, up in the tree for the one, Zacchaeus, who is an outcast, who is despised. I, I'm going to have dinner with you. I want to be with you, Zacchaeus. Walking through a crowded, a crowded town square on his way to a really important person's house, the leader of the synagogue, whose daughter was ill, and he, he was going to be able to heal that daughter and earn some points in the synagogue. And some no name came by, touched him, and he stopped. Who touched me? In order to meet her, to touch her, to see her face to face. He served. Those were the, the, the sustenance within him that helped ground him in the acceptance of the Father. 
Now, and that's what being strong, that's the strong journey. That's what it relates to. Are those exercises of finding sustenance, meaning, purpose in the love of God. Now, what flows from that then is his significance. Who, who he is, what he is about, now flows from God's acceptance and the sustenance that grounds him in him. It grounds him in the Father. So that then he can say, I have come so that you might have life. Pretty significant statement. I am the way and the truth and the life. And those kind of significant statements flow out of the sustenance and significance, acceptance that we've been talking about. But he finds his significance through his sustenance in the unbounded love of God. And then comes what he does. Comes his achievement. It's what flows out of that then are the the healings of those who are broken and The, the teaching with, a, with authority. It's out of that that then, then flows one who's able to silently take nails in his hands and his feet for the love of God and the love of me and you. It's, it's then one who's able to achieve by raising the dead. It's then that he's able to stand strong. In a world that opposes him. In the face of the evil and the evil one. That would want to do everything within its power. To stop him. This is the cycle of grace. Flows from acceptance. Then our sustaining practices in that acceptance of God the significance that flows from that, and then the living of our lives strong in Christ. Now, they also found, as they, Drs. Lake and uh, um, Dr. Bruner, they, they found a different cycle that we operate by usually. It's called a cycle of works. Just switch out the middle word there, middle phrase. And it's really the exactly the same essence of life there. It just goes in the opposite direction. Starts with achievement. What we achieve, what we're able to accomplish, what we're able to do, the great things that we're able to, to perform, that's what gives us significance. Right? Now, what we taught, I mean, it's with that we achieve straight A's. Well, then, hey, we're on the honor roll. And that's what makes us significant. Because we're able to achieve things. You know, we're, we're, we're able to, to achieve some great tasks, success in the world's eyes. Well, okay, because of that, I'm significant. And it's that significance that I feel because of what I've accomplished. Right? Yeah, it's the, well, if the, the church grows, that's what I achieve. Hey, and then other folks 
want to say, hey, you know, share with me your wisdom. What are you doing over there? That's what makes me significant. They, they, they like, then they'll come and want to know what's going on. And that significance then is what sustains me. I'm sustained by the significance I get by what I achieve. Have you noticed how many times I've said I in that? And then the final piece, I'm accepted based on what I achieve. You see the real problem with this cycle of works? Because what happens if I don't achieve? What happens if, if, if I'm not in that level that achieves? That, that I, I'm not given the gifts and abilities. The, the, and, or it's not even God's plan for me or for you to achieve according to what the world says is valuable. Then there is no significance. There's nothing that sustains me. And, and I'm lost and unaccepted. I mean, what happens? Maybe you're able to achieve for a certain point in life, but then you get to a, a, a time when your physical body is not going to let you achieve at the same level that you were. Well, if your acceptance is based on your achievement, then if you're unable to achieve at the same level that you were, then that means you're less acceptable, less significant. But that's the cycle that they found the missionaries were pursuing. And I share with you, I think the cycle that's still very prevalent today. Even in the church. Certainly in the world. So the cycle of grace then starts, uses the same parts, but it starts at the acceptance. And then flows from there. See, we, we do these different exercises not in order to gain our significance, not in order to gain our accept, acceptance, but because we are already accepted. We, we do these different exercises so to train us, to strengthen us, to remind us that we are grounded in the unbounded love of God that depends not on what we're able to achieve. And so if we are... are grounding ourselves in Him. We are opposing the ways of the world that says we're, we are acceptable because of what we achieve. But it takes the regular sustaining practices that we've been practicing and beyond in order to be rooted in the unchanging, unbounded love of God. So that our significance is found in Him, not in what we're able to achieve. And then we're freed. We're freed from the, the ways of the world and we're freed to then achieve according to the wondrous love and wisdom of God. It's at the sustenance piece. That that's where we give ourselves. That's our, our effort is put there. Now what... I encourage you to reflect over the last five, six weeks. I encourage you to explore how did you participate in this particular practices that we've been looking at. It 
If you didn't do it, if you just didn't do it for whatever reason, if you were too busy to do it, well, then you're too busy. I mean, what could be more important than sustaining ourselves in the very love of God, the unbounded eternal love of God? Stop doing something. Ask God, what do I need to change? What needs to be let go? Because there's nothing more important than me being sustained in the eternal love of God to fight this battle that I'm in. Well, be really careful. If you're too busy, it's probably a sign, a red flag, that you think too highly of yourself and that you really have the strength to do it or that you'll catch up later on. Dangerous place. Or maybe this stuff was just too cool for you. You know, you just, what didn't fit, you know, was, well, then go find something that's not cool to, to do. Find what, I mean, this is just a one way that the church has been doing this for thousands of years. Find the way to sustain yourself in that unbounded acceptance of Christ. And if, and if you participated in it, and, and you, you, you sort of, as, you, as I'm talking, you're saying, yeah, I get that. Because I experienced that. I experienced that sustaining power when I was participating in that. And I, I experienced it through these different exercises, a, a, a spiritual lift, a real strength. Of, that I felt it growing a little bit. My lung capacity you know, and increased a little bit. Then by all means, keep doing it. Don't stop. You know, take the cards, shuffle them up. Just pick the one or find the ones you didn't get to do that you wanted to do or, the, the, or go pick the ones that were the hardest ones, the ones you didn't want to do now. You know, go do those. Find what, it, what the way that it is. Don't, don't stop if you've found it, something that has rooted you, sustained you. And the one thing in all of creation that will never change. The love of God. We, we give ourselves to these sustaining practices so that we can face the trials and temptations, the, the pain and struggles of this life in Christ. So that we can live strong in Him. Amen.